Hello, I'm David Goldblatt, and today we're going to be talking about maps. Why should social scientists be interested in maps? Well, it seems to me there are three reasons. First of all, maps are an intrinsic feature of the modern world. It's impossible to imagine the coordination of transport, warfare or economic life without them. Secondly, maps are social constructions. They reflect the attitudes, the perceptions, the values of the time and space in which they were produced. They are, in effect, windows on the minds of different societies. And finally, and perhaps most importantly, there is the sheer aesthetic beauty and pleasure of maps. Today, I have the Open University's number one map head with me to discuss reading maps, Pat Jess, Senior Lecturer in Geography. Hello, Pat. Hello, David. We've asked Pat to select some of her favourite maps for both intellectual and aesthetic qualities as a way of getting us into the study and the reading of maps as social scientists. Pat, tell us about Map 1. Why did you choose it? Well, it's a bit like uh, the radio notion of desert island discs, David. It sounds a lovely idea to say, come with your four favourite maps, but when you actually sit down and try to select them, it's actually extremely difficult. But this one, which is a 17th century map of West Africa by the Amsterdam mapmaker Blau, is one that I like because it is an example of a map which shows knowledge and lack of knowledge and what we do sometimes when we don't know things. In other words, how we use our imaginations to to fill the spaces, quite literally, as in this map. Tell me um, about the knowledge, first of all. What is it? What would this map have been used for, and how did Blau get the knowledge to make it in the first place? Right. What it really represents is the fact that at that period, the 17th century and, and the 16th century, Europeans were gaining a lot of knowledge about the known world through trading, through navigation. Sailors brought home information from trading and exploration exploits, really. You see on this map, for example, rather nice little pictures in the sea of of ships flying national flags and, and all that sort of pride. You also see along the coast a good deal of detail. And they had actually not only discovered, as they saw it, places, but they named them as well. Very intense detail there. But as we go inland... It all gets a bit dodgy, doesn't it? Yeah, a lot of blank spaces and uh, a lot of animals. How come come the animals figure? Is this a zoological map or is there something else going on here? Well, you did describe me as a map head and uh, I'm certainly not an ecologist to the extent that I'm absolutely certain of the flora and fauna of West Africa in the 17th century. But I think there are two things. You can interpret it either way. It may well show knowledge or assumed knowledge about the kind of animals that occupied that part of, uh, of Africa, or it may simply be a way, literally, of filling up space. Also, remember, you did allow maps the quality of being aesthetic, and in the original, with colour and uh, beautiful engraving, because the Dutch were very, very skilled engravers at that period, this is um, something which is pleasing, something which would please The likelihood is that this was made for a merchant or made for a public which would enjoy something which was artistic. And the idea that we've got, what, we've got lions, we've got elephants, we've got um, some form of of primate, a little bit reminiscent, though not exactly the same, as the monsters which appear on other maps, monsters round the edges, as they're sometimes... How do the monsters get into 17th century map making? The... Monsters, I think, are the epitome of we don't actually know what's there. It's all a bit scary. We're a little bit alarmed about it. 
And by depicting the monsters on maps, it also transmits that idea to people. And I think that uh, the serious point probably is that our ideas, our imaginations of places sometimes go with this notion. And if the monsters are scary and it's all empty apart from the monsters, then it seems quite justifiable to go there and chase the monsters and get rid of them, do awful things. When we actually get there and we find there are people, but we've carried that imagination with us and we treat them like monsters and it's kind of justifying some of the things that have happened when Europeans have arrived in places like this. So in a sense, the representation of Africa as a place of monsters is, is one way in which racist attitudes towards Africans on, uh, during European exploration and colonisation has actually developed and emerged. Built up slowly, built up slowly. I, I couldn't say that maps were to blame, necessarily, but I think that it's all part of that sort of culture. There's also the nice little um, rhyme or verse by Jonathan Swift, the raconteur of the um, 18th century, who penned the phrase, So geographers in Africa maps with savage pictures fill their gaps, and o'er uninhabitable darns place elephants for want of towns. And he was making fun of geographers, making fun of the map makers. From the Open University. For more information, go to www.open.ac.uk forward slash use.